This is the DMB Report podcast number three for the week of September 12th, where you are covered and smothered in everything college football. And welcome to the DMB Report podcast. I'm your host, Dan Bennett. As always, joined by DMB Report senior writer David Dorsey. Dave, how's it going? Another crazy week of uh, college football. I know we love it. I'll tell you what, I don't know if I could uh, handle, you know, we thought this this weekend was going to be a little bit down after that first crazy weekend with all those great matchups. But, man, I tell you what, with some really close games against uh, teams that were not uh, matched up appropriately, you know, as far as uh, ability, uh, it was just another stressful weekend, but man, that's why we love college football, isn't that right? Yeah, absolutely. The, you know, the the biggest takeaway we had a couple of I don't want to say super close calls, but some lackluster performances coming out with Clemson over Troy. They took care of business, but took a little while. A lot of sluggish starts. Obviously, the big one uh, being your Georgia Bulldogs uh, winning by two over Nichols. I still call them Nichols State. Not that anybody really probably cares. But, uh, you know, one thing that's interesting about this, and it, Georgia got the win, and that's what's important. But I didn't realize this. You know, when, when you're, you're listening to, to you know, uh, different newscasts and how uh, appalled, if you want to use the word, people were about this uh, win and how bad a win, if you want to call it that, is. And I didn't realize this. Nichols, the past five years, their record is 9-48. and 48 against FCS, most of them FCS opponents. So when when you hear that, you can see why it's like, whoa. But again, Kirby Smart got the win. It's just going to take a little bit of time for Georgia to win. Learn how to put those people away. Well, yeah, a couple of things on that. I, obviously, in watching the game, I was extremely disappointed with the effort. I, I did not expect a Kirby Smart coach team to come out flat like this. Uh, it, I kept saying to myself, man, did Mark Rick come back and start coaching this team? Uh, special teams mistakes, uh, bad effort, just playing down to the level of the opponent, which Georgia has been known to do the last several years. But to your point, it just goes to show that you cannot change a culture overnight. And I think even Kirby said after the game, you don't turn a battleship quickly. You have to turn it very slowly. And that's what's happening with this Georgia team right now. But the bottom line is they did get the win. That is a game that somehow, some way in the past, I think Georgia would have found a way to lose. And it probably would have been one of the biggest, if not the biggest upsets in college football history. As you mentioned, Nichols's record the last several years is just, I mean, deplorable. So uh, bottom line, they did get the win. They clearly have a lot to work for. I mean, work on offensive line, uh, quarterback play, winning the one-on-one battles, uh, being able to run the football when people stack the box. Uh, and it's not going to get a whole lot easier for the Bulldogs this weekend going to Missouri at night. So I'll leave you with this. It'll be very interesting to see who gets the start, uh, whether they go back to Lambert or whether they stay with Eason. But at any rate, uh, Georgia, as you said, finds a way to get the win. Clemson didn't look great. They find a way to get the win. Bottom line is you win and you advance and you and you go on to the next week. Well, I couldn't agree uh, more. And like I said, let's uh, with the next week coming up, we got some good week three games coming back in. Uh, a couple of you and I are going to kind of preview here. Number one is uh, is Florida State uh, and Louisville, uh, and that game is a twelve o'clock game. Interesting. Um, take with Florida State that they were strong early on but with their freshman quarterback DeAndre Francois uh, they looked great the second half of Ole Miss and just took care of business last week 
Um, and it's going to be an interesting thing with Louisville because they have one of the most exciting quarterbacks as well, uh, going for Heisman uh, consideration week two. Uh, so what, what's your take on this game? I tell you what, this is going to be a really intriguing game. I think it's going to be very high scoring. And, uh, you know, you and I were talking earlier about how this is kind of disappointing that this is a 12 o'clock game. I mean, if you're the ACC, this is like an all eyes on you type of game with Florida State, Louisville, Bobby Petrino against Jimbo Fisher, two of the more electrifying quarterbacks, much less electrifying freshman quarterbacks. Both of these guys are, are some of the best and most exciting to watch across the country. And yet you're playing this game at 12 o'clock. Uh, I, you know, and it's at Louisville, and I think the Louisville people, if this was a night game, boy, this might be a really tough atmosphere, but I'm just not sure that all of that is going to be enough to overcome what uh, Francois, what Dalvin Cook, and what Jimbo Fisher dial up. Again, I think if it's a late game, Louisville has got a chance, but uh, while it'll be close, Florida State will just have too much for Todd Grantham's defense, and I think while it will be high scoring, I think Florida State will win by about 10, but it'll take four quarters to get it done. It'll be interesting to see because Vegas has got him as uh, Florida State minus two and a half right now. And I agree with you on that. That 12 o'clock kick is just, it's strange for it. such a big game. Obviously, these things are done in advance, but it should be fun. Uh, we've got two exciting teams, and uh, it's definitely good for the ACC as well to have a marquee matchup for their league uh, right off the bat, so to speak. And it really puts whoever's going to be in the driver's seat. Uh, Clemson has shown vulnerability this past two weeks. And again, these teams that are good generally get better week to week. But you definitely, this whoever wins this Louisville Florida State game is definitely going to be right there, uh, considered with Clemson uh, probably to win the league. So it should be interested to see. So the other thing we have coming up is obviously uh, in Oxford, Mississippi. And it's uh, the, the, uh, basically the, um, thorn in the side for the Alabama Crimson Tide the last two years oh, as they uh, go to Ole Miss. Uh, the Rebels have beat them the last two years, which is a very rare thing uh, under a Nick Saban Air team. And it's it's interesting looking at this. And, of course, college game day is going to be there again. Such The atmosphere at the Grove is going to be uh, incredible like it was a few years ago. It is the this is what's crazy, and this just puts things in perspective of Nick Saban and just really how numb people have become to just what they've been able to do over there in Tuscaloosa. This is the 25th time since it while Nick Saban's been at Alabama that their game has had a college game day come hosted, whether they were the home team or the away team. It's just crazy. That's unbelievable. I've not heard that stat before. But what more do you need to know? I mean, clearly we know that College Game Day goes to what, in their opinion, is, and I think most people would agree, the most exciting matchup of the weekend. I do think that number would probably be more if they just picked the game based on on the matchup and they didn't have to spread it around a little bit. I mean, that's an amazing number of times. But I'll tell you this. I'm going to go on record. Uh, there are two reasons why Ole Miss has no shot in this game. One, there is no way. Nick Saban lets this team beat him three years in a row. I didn't think it was possible two years in a row, but I think the fact that Ole Miss was at home uh, the first year really helped and caught Alabama off guard. I think Alabama, again, last year kind of looked past Ole Miss, but there's no way Nick Saban lets his team look past Ole Miss. They will get, and I mean by they, the Rebels will get 
Alabama's absolute best shot, and there's no way Nick Saban lets this happen three years in a row. And the second reason is I think if we could go back and if Ole Miss could have hung on and beat Florida State and had that kind of vibe and energy and confidence coming into this game, maybe with it being at home it's a different story. But right now, after what happened in that second half collapse against Florida State, what you see is a team that's got doubts. They've got, you know, is our quarterback going to be able to do it for us? We, we lose a little confidence in him. We lose a lot of confidence in this defense. We thought, even I I thought their defense would be better than people thought. Well, Florida State took care of that last uh, couple, you know, last week. And I think, to just be quite honest, there's going to be too many doubts. Saban has circled this game for probably about 11 months, and there's no way the Crimson Tide don't come out of there with a victory. Well, it's going to be interesting. The concern that I have for Ole Miss is their offensive line. Uh, the first half of that Florida State game, uh, we know Chad Kelly is going to be dropping dimes, and he's going to have those opportunities even against Alabama. And it takes a special quarterback to beat Alabama. You've got to be almost perfect in that game to beat them. If you look at all the losses that they've had, it hasn't been just because uh, an athletic quarterback's happened. It's because they it might have been an athletic-type quarterback, but they've also been able to put – uh, passes on a dime in a small window when they've had to. Look at Deshaun Watson last year in the championship game. But the biggest thing, it, it gets back to the trenches. We always talk about, uh, you know, the game is, is won and lost in the trenches. And what Florida State did, especially in that second half to Ole Miss in their defense, in their offensive line, excuse me, they got right after Chad Kelly in his face. And I will say this about Alabama's defense. It's still only two games into it. Offense has been off and on for Bama, but the defense has looked as good as advertised, and they are quicker and smaller in the defensive front. They can get after you. I think that's where the problem's going to be. I think Chad Kelly's going to have their has have his time, but the Rebels have yet to show a running game that would you know slow down a, a pass rush. And I think Alabama is does again. I agree with you. I think they've circled this game on the calendar. You know, three years in a row, it could happen. You never know. Does Ole Miss have some of the talent to do that? They can, but I think at the end of the day, the line defensive line is just going to overwhelm that offensive line over time. Not give Chad Kelly a lot of time to throw those balls as well as if Alabama cannot give up five turnovers like they did last year, and that's one of the things Saban got upset with them this past week with some of the sloppy play, I, th- I agree with you. I, th- I think Alabama is just going to be too much. I think they're going to be too revved up. And it- it's going to be one of those games where I think it starts a little slow early for both teams. They're hyped up. They got things rolling. But in time, one thing that uh, Alabama has shown on offense is they've been able to get the big play when needed, and their wide receivers are really second to none that I can see in the NCAA right now. So it's going to be one of those things. I, I-, I agree with you. Bama's favorite right now is going down to 7.5. Uh, started the line at 10. Uh, but I agree. I think they'll cover that and definitely win by 10 points or so. Yeah, this game is going to come down to, to Chad Kelly and the fact that uh, he's not going to have enough time and he's going to make some mistakes in the second half, just like he did against Florida State. He's going to turn it over, try to force the ball into some windows with uh, a defensive lineman in his face. We know Alabama's defensive backs are very good at picking the ball out of the air when it's not thrown, as you said, on a dime. Uh, it might be close at halftime, but in the second half, you're going to see that fresh, 
aggressive, fast Alabama defensive front get after Chad Kelly. You're right. No running game to speak of. And I just think there's no way you can have any shot against Alabama if you can't run the football at least enough to make their front seven and respect the fact that you can run it. And Alabama's talented enough for that front seven. They can take care of that running back with really the front four, I think. And those two amazing linebackers are just going to feast on Chad Kelly the uh, the entire second half. So I think we're both – now we may be sitting here next week with, with uh, egg on our face, but I just don't see it happening. Alabama wins uh, maybe by 10 or 13, if not maybe even a little bit more. Yeah, it's going to be one of those things. Whoever the winner is out of this, they're going to be the clear leader in the in the SEC West, just as last year. Uh, but we liking we're liking the two favorites right now. We like Florida State. We like Alabama. I think those are I'm not going to say safe picks, but uh, we definitely see holes enough in their opponents where we think they're going to be able to take care of business. So, you know, Dave, with that. Um, Let's see what happens. You know, this thing, week three, it was a great week two, great week one. It was great to get, get, to get back into this, and I'm glad you and I have been able to get, to get back together quickly. And uh, I know we'll do this again. So I want to thank everyone for joining us. Remember to check us out at dmbreport.com, as well on Twitter at dmb underscore report, where you are smothered and covered in everything college football. Until next time, thanks for joining us.